in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Raiders have signed wide receiver John Brown to a one-year deal worth $3.75 million. There are some incentives, so he can make more than that this season. Wide receiver coming over from Buffalo. He played in nine games last year at 700 receiving yards, but two years ago in Buffalo, he had over 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, what do you make of the John Brown signing? Is this John Brown playing Nelson Aguilar and betting on himself? It sounds uh, like it. Yeah, like you know, $3 million. I mean, I don't think he's the guy, you know, we talked about, although, let's be honest, when we got past the top guys who were either tagged or they didn't get, I think both of us said they shouldn't overpay for the next level. They're obviously not overpaying for this guy. I mean, he's 30. Um, and, you know, he's, he had one really, really good season two years ago in Buffalo. So $3 million for him, it's kind of like Nelson Aguilar part two. And if the guy can step up like Nelson Aguilar did, I assume $3 million's worth it. Yeah, this is the right type of deal, I think, for the Raiders to sign. It was either, for me, it was either you pay big money for the top-end guys or you go for the relatively cheap guys that can give you some production. Don't be spending 14, 15, 16 million on Will Fuller. Uh, so this is the right type of deal to make. I don't know that John Brown changes much for the offense. I don't know if he's gonna slot in better than Henry Ruggs this year, worse than Henry Ruggs, but they're probably going to need him. They're going to need him to have some production because the Raiders wide receivers right now are Henry Ruggs, uh, Brian Edwards, and Hunter Renfro. So there's playing time available for John Brown, and all he has to do right now is beat out Brian Edwards or Henry right. Ruggs. Um, do you think they signed... I wouldn't be surprised if they signed a second wide receiver to the same type of deal. Oof. Okay. With all they have to do on defense, I'm not so sure. I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't, but, you know, they might think with Waller and you're just replacing Aguilar with this guy. I I think they have a lot of faith or more faith than a lot of people outside that organization in Ruggs and Edwards, and they don't want to be proven wrong with those guys, and they're going to give those guys as many opportunities as possible. <laughs> and we'll see. I, I, I think those guys making the decision, like probably most people in their positions across the NFL, want to prove that they made the right decisions on people and, and i think rugs and edwards fall in that category along with renfro now you add uh brown i don't know if they go with another one i really don't that's crafty wording right there i give you credit <laughs> the golden knights are not expected to make a trade for a forward that is according to elliot friedman uh who in his 31 thoughts column wrote I wondered if Vegas would look for another top nine forward, but it sounds like the Golden Knights are pretty content with their group, especially after everything they added last season. So do you believe that the Golden Knights are content with their group? I think they are. I just don't know if they should be, right? I and mean, we've talked about this to get the third line, you know, as deep as possible, especially when you go into the uh, playoffs, you know, we, we, you know, the, the, the other hockey that we don't see these teams, you know, the Islanders, you know, the Lightning teams in Canada, that's so fascinating to me because we're not seeing them at all. You know, you don't really know how good they are. You see who's winning, you see the points. But look, we're kind of focused on the Golden Knights. So I assume the Knights are paying more close attention and know, you know, how good those teams are. But from what we see, 
we think they should be a little deeper on the third line, but they obviously think they're good enough. So if this is right, and Elliot's right, and they don't do anything, I think they're taking a chance there. If they get to the four, and all of a sudden you're playing a really good team like Washington was in the cup final, and you can't, you know, your nine can't match up. So first off, I don't believe the Golden Knights think they're content because they literally just healthy scratched Cody Glass, who's a part right. of that top nine. Like they're very clearly not thrilled with the way Cody Glass has been playing since he just got healthy scratch. So I don't believe they're content. We've also seen George McPhee, every trade deadline for the Golden Knights, go out and make a pretty significant deal. Whether it was Tomas Tatar, Mark Stone, Robin Leonard, he loves to go out and make a deal. Now, for the Golden Knights to pull off a trade, they don't have any salary cap space. They would have to trade somebody on the current roster. So they'd have to clear space before making that type of trade. So are they able to do that? It's a much more difficult situation this year to make that trade, but they made it work with Robin Leonard last year. He had a fairly big contract. So I wouldn't put it out of question. I, I just don't believe they are actually content because A, they scratched Cody Glass and B, George McPhee has never been content with the Golden Knights roster. He is always trying to upgrade. He made a move. He's always made a move. You always leave Ryan Reeves whenever you're listing off those uh, trades. You always uh, you always forget that they, they went and got him. I said major moves. Ah. Next question. <laughs> Utah has fired Larry Kristowiak. Um, he had been there for quite a while. I was surprised. He only went to two NCAA tournaments. Yeah. I thought he was more successful than that. But when I looked it up, I was like, huh, yeah, that makes sense why they fired him. Yeah, that's uh, that stood out to me also last night when I started reading about the firing. I was shocked. I just assumed they had been in more tournaments. I just I that 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 stood out to me as well. I'm like, man, it seemed I remember one watching one he was in, and I just always thought you know Utah was good enough as like a you know a, when the Pac-12 got would get in four or five teams that they were a part of it, but not so. So absolutely, once you look at the record and. A few tournament appearances uh, he lasted a long time let's be honest making over three million a year so that surprised me as well i thought for sure they were better under him uh do you think utah tries to get craig smith from utah state yeah i think craig smith's on a lot of lists that would make a lot of sense he's in the state he's just done a really good job three straight in state tournaments um if they don't i think someone else will i think he's going to be on a lot of lists i've seen him on you know, the Minnesota lists and other lists. I think there's going to be a lot of movement in the Mountain West this year, a potential lot of movement. Obviously, um, Patino's already been hired. San Jose State needs a new coach. It appears uh, that UNLV will need a new coach. So there's going to be a lot of movement in the Mountain West. But I'd assume Craig Smith, you know, if not at the top of the list, he's definitely in the conversation for a lot of jobs. Yeah, I would imagine he's leaving fairly soon as yeah. well. Um I don't, I don't think Larry Kristowiak would be a very good option for UNLV because you're talking about a fired Power 5 coach that, uh, as we just said, we were shocked had less success I, I than we thought. I couldn't believe he'd only left that. Yeah, I thought for <laughs> sure he'd been to more. Man, you know, that's a great question. Sister Jean will be at the NCAA tournament with Loyola Chicago. She is vaccinated at over 100 years old. She will be in attendance at Sister Jean. We'll get more camera shots of her than the entire team. Uh, I loved that Sister Jean, which is she 101? She's 101, yeah. I think. Um, she threw shade at Kentucky. Did you see this? No, what'd she say about Kentucky? She filled out a bracket, and she noted how several familiar teams are missing. I don't see Kentucky any place. 
while acknowledging the new teams that made the field of 68. So good for Sister Jean. She's talking smack at 101. Got what? Kentucky? She could have called out know. Duke. She could have called know. out a she, lot of teams. Hey, hey, she seemed, Coach she K said, is a nice see, boy. I don't see Kentucky any place while acknowledging some of the new teams that made the field. So, uh, yeah, she's not a fan of Loyola's draw, a potential second-round matchup with Illinois. It amazes me they put two Illinois schools together to go against each other rather than support each other. Obviously, Sister Jean, as much as we, as much as we uh, respect her, has not followed how they do NCAA tournament brackets in the last 50 years, where those second-round matchups tend to have some kind of good storylines. I love the idea that Sister Jean thinks that the Illinois school should be supporting each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's almost it's almost like she's, uh, I don't know, Vegas fans for some reason. They, support the team. Support the team. <laughs> uh, is anyone else excited for Adam Hill to go scorched earth on her again yes, this I year? Am. Yes, yes, which yes. is, I, I, I want Loyola Chicago to make it back to, like, at least the Sweet 16 just for the Adam Hill <laughs> being the only person in the world to be anti-Sister Jean. <laughs> Yeah. Great question. Next Thank question. you. An attorney is going to suggest to the NFL that they force Dan Snyder to sell the Washington football team. So the NFL has an attorney who's doing a report on everything that's happened with Dan Snyder and Washington. And Sports Junkies Radio in Richmond last weekend, or on Friday, I should say, they said they obtained a copy of this report and that the top recommendation was to force Dan Snyder to sell the Washington football team. So what are the chances that the NFL actually makes Dan Snyder sell this team? Well, it's got to be up to his fellow owners, right? Yeah. You need a two-thirds owners to agree. Oh, that's a top... I don't know if you can get, I don't know if you can get two-thirds owners to agree to that. They, they tend to... Uh, kind of a, you know, for, for lack of better words, support. I mean, I'm sure they have issues with what he's done, but it's kind of a karma thing with a lot of those guys. And I don't know if two thirds would vote that they force him to sell uh, the team. That would, I guess if you're asking, that would surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that the attorney is coming to some of these inclusion, uh, conclusions as they investigate this deeper and what's happened with that team. But I think two thirds is a big, that's a big ask. I just think, I, I don't know if that many owners would, would agree and force the guy out. How many times in pro sports has an owner actually been forced to sell? Yeah. Like, is Donald uh, Sterling yeah. happened with the Sterling? Clippers. Yeah, Sterling. But, like, um, it, it doesn't – I don't know. It, it feels like it rarely happens. So, I'd be surprised if they actually do yeah. force Dan Snyder to sell, even if a lawyer comes back and that they hired to file to figure yeah. out what the hell's going on. Even if they come back with that and say, hey, you guys should get this guy out of your league – I'd be surprised if they actually say, hey, we need to get this guy out of our league. Because it just, it's not something that happens very often. It doesn't happen. That's a great, great question. The Giants signed Leonard Williams to a three-year deal worth $63 million. Uh, as far as interior defensive linemen, only Aaron Donald makes more money than that. My question, though, on Leonard Williams is looking at the Raiders. Do you think John Gruden would ever spend that much money on a defensive player? No. 45 fully guaranteed? I'm going to have to say no to that, watching their defense the last several years. Um, <laughs> some of the guys they did pay money to last year didn't didn't live up to expectations. So 
to come back and give anyone that kind of money, I would say John Gruden would not do that. He would not go 45 guaranteed. If it was a fullback, maybe, but uh, <laughs> defensively, no. He might give a fullback gonna, 45 million. Oh, guaranteed. God, he's going to set the fullback market. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Everyone's wait. The few teams that still want a fullback say, what should we pay him? Hold on, let's see what Gruden does. Hold on. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know what to pay this guy. So the, the interesting part of this is that he had Khalil Mack, who's one of the best edge rushers in football, and he didn't pay Khalil Mack. I would be curious, though, in the hypothetical of, okay, what if he had Khalil Mack coming off a playoff season? What if he had a Khalil Mack coming off a, a season where they lost in, like, the AFC Championship game, right? right? Where right. they were a really good team. Because when he had Khalil Mack, the Raiders had been really bad and Gruden was trying to rebuild. But what if he had a great defensive player coming off a legitimately good playoff run? Would he pay that player? Because that's the only way I would see it happening. And even then, I think he's letting Khalil Mack go. I think he's still trading him away instead of giving him the massive 20 plus million dollars, or in this case, Leonard Williams, 30 plus million dollars a year. Or, I, or, well, not quite. But I still think he's getting rid of the defensive player before paying him over $20 million. Yeah, I mean, if they wanted a high level, some, well, let's just say they wanted, I mean, this is a huge leap for them, but let's say when they had him, they had won it all. Then it's easy for people to move on and say, well, we did, you know, we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. We're not paying anyone that kind of money. But yeah, it might even be that they won, you know, at a high level, but didn't win it all that they move on from him. So uh, I, I just don't think $45 million fully guaranteed to a defensive player. I couldn't see them doing that. All right, coming up next, Marcus Mariota. He's still a Raider, by the way. Somehow his contract's going to look cheap by the time this offseason is over. That's right. William Hill is giving you a free 50 bucks to bet. It's the best time to get the William Hill app with the tournament coming up. And when you sign up for a new mobile sports account, use the promo code GET50. That is get five zero. And then when you make a minimum of $50 in sports bets, you'll get a free $50 in your account from William Hill. You get a free 50 bucks and you can place all your bets straight from your phone. It's bet 50, get 50 from William Hill. Just remember that promo code, get 50. For more details, visit williamhill.us. Obviously, I've told both of them, hey, it's going to be, you know, the two of you are going to compete for this position, and, and, and they understand it. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Are you ready for Marcus Mariota to be cheap? Because the way this quarterback market's going, Marcus Mariota might be cheap at the end of the day. Um, which, by the way, before we get into some of these signings, why the hell is Marcus Mariota still on the Raiders roster? I have no idea. I, I don't know. Again, there's a plan. Stop it. Ed, we know there's a plan. Ed I don't know what the plan is, but what is the, there is a plan. Ed reported that Marcus Mariota is big. So therefore, yes. he's the new, you know, he's going to play opposite yes. Richie Incognito. So yes. it's well, not that bad of a, he's actually not that bad of a price. <laughs> well, especially at $10 million. Yeah, he's, he's doing pretty well for himself. Um, I Look, I, I don't know why he's still on the roster. I'm we're, Today, today at, uh, what's it, 4 p.m. Eastern, things seemingly start getting official. And we hope by tomorrow morning we can say, hey, we know what the plan is now. I hope so. So the, the, Mar- the Mariota thing is fascinating to me because the Raiders – have blown up their offensive line. They've gotten rid of four of their five starters at offensive line. And most of it is, you know, oh, you can clear some cap space. They can get, you know, Richie Incognito back for cheaper. Meanwhile, they've got a backup quarterback still on the roster who's 
cap it is ten million dollars. Like I can't. Like if you were if you were trying to create cap space, that'd be the first place I'd start. Was Marcus Mariota? So I don't know why Marcus Mariota still are they still holding out for a trade? Oh God, I hope not. I I don't know. I mean, I'm with you, so I don't know why he's still in the roster. If I mean that. I don't know why I, I, they still holding out someone to give them. And as these and as these quarterbacks sign around the league, whether to be starters or backups, you wonder like at some point they're going to have to realize, look around, and say we don't think we're getting anything for them. I mean, I, right. I don't know why else he would still be on the roster. So the quarterbacks that have signed, um, we'll start with this one because Andy Dalton signed a one-year deal with the Bears, worth ten million dollars, with three million more in incentives. The Bears uh, only at the moment have Nick Foles under contract. So Mitch Trubisky is not under contract anymore. Andy Dalton and Nick Foles apparently might compete for that job. Uh, I Here's the thing. If you're signing a quarterback to be your starter, you're probably signing him for more than $10 million. Just like the Raiders, though, if you're signing a guy to be the backup, why the hell are you giving him $10 million with $3 million more in incentives? Yeah, but it just seems like the Bears try like anything to not play Foles. So maybe they're saying, hey, Andy, you know, you had a lot of snaps in Dallas last year. You might come in and compete. Um, I'm not, I don't know why, but I won't be shocked if Andy Dalton is the starter. Well, at this point, yeah. yeah. He's got he's yeah. to be the favorite to be the starter yeah. at this point. I just, I, I don't like his incentives the, at $3 million? Right. But if, if you're the Bears, Bowl. if you're the Bears, what are you doing? Like what? Like what are you doing? Why are you signing Andy Dalton? Like who cares if you if you have to start Nick Foles? Who the hell cares if it's Andy Dalton? Because what's what's the difference? Because it's hilarious to watch Bears Twitter melt down. But like <laughs> did, they like, thought uh, they were getting Russell Wilson, right? And there there's a report from Adam Schefter that they the got Bears Andy Dalton. <laughs> the Bears were trying to trade for Russell Wilson, and when they couldn't get a deal done, they decided to go to Andy Dalton, which is exactly <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Well, and I don't know. Like why? I mean, maybe he thought. Maybe uh, maybe he thought uh, we're going to get into Tyrod Taylor because of Deshaun Watson. He had a better chance there, but I think there were better guys in the market. Now, maybe this was the only guy they could get. Um, that might have been it. Um, but boy, we're going to talk about some other names that I'd rather have than Andy Dalton. And yet, maybe those guys saw better opportunities elsewhere. If you're if you're going to give Andy Dalton three mil or ten million plus three million guaranteed, you probably could have done better. Uh, but maybe not. So Tyrod Taylor signs with the yeah. Texans. Uh, he's going to make about $6 million. He also has incentives that would push him up to $12.5 million. So when you see Tyrod Taylor sign with the Texans, and you see it for $6 bucks, which is quite a lot for a backup quarterback, do you think that's the Texans' first sign of saying, hey, we might actually lose to Sean Watson, so we need a backup plan? Two-part answer. I think that's the sign, and I just thought of this. Could the plan for the Raiders be that they're getting Deshaun Watson? Is Maybe. That, that would be a hell Maybe of a plan. plan. He's not going to have an offensive of... line in front of him again. Maybe, but... Yeah, but he's used That'd to that. That'd be a heck of a blockbuster move. Yeah, he's, he'd be okay with no offensive line. He's, that's happened before in his career. I'm just trying to go past what the Raiders are doing. So maybe in the back of my mind, they're just going to shock everyone. Although, if that happens, they'd obviously move on from Carr and then all of a sudden you got Carr versus Tyrod Taylor in Houston. Well, and Tyrod be Taylor's going to win that one, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, 
car going back to the team his brother was at, which they couldn't protect him, and he got pretty much destroyed, and he has to be the backup. That would not be a good day. That would not be a good front page of the sports section for Derek Carr. I mean, honestly, right now, the Texans have a better offensive line than the Raiders. Oh, right now? Well, the Raiders have two people. So, yeah, if the Texans have the, if the, Texans have the allotted five, then they have a better offensive line. Who is the second person? Uh, well, you got Colton Miller. Oh, and Colton I think Miller. We're, just, we're assuming Incognito's back on a lesser deal. No. I think that's the assumption. If not, they've got one person. So we're giving them the benefit of the doubt that they're bringing back Incognito at a lower number. Is it Trent Williams still out there? No, he signed this morning. No, oh, he gosh. signed. He signed. Yeah. Oh man, he's gone. He signed with yeah. the 49ers. Yeah, I. But it, again, it's a good and not to harp on the whole Rodney Hudson thing. Even if the plan is to land Deshaun Watson, how does getting rid of Rodney Hudson help that? Because you don't exactly clear a bunch of cap space when you do it. No, it wasn't a ton of money, right? So, you know, I'm. I mean, you're seeing, and that's where Mariota comes in, right? I mean, that they have to move on from him. There's no question. So I don't know why they haven't done it. There's more cap space to move, and yet here we go again. I look. I don't think this is happening, but it's funny to it's fun to predict what the plan is. Uh, here we go again. We're talking about all these moves and all this cap space, and they still are going to give up thirty a game. So <laughs> I don't, you know, I mean, it, all this is great. They're like, ah, oh, they got Deshaun Watson. We've made no moves defensively except for the draft. Uh, they just got to just focus on defense, man. Just focus on defense and try to get better there. Who, okay, who are even the best defensive players that are even left out there? Uh, that, well, that's the thing. It was pretty, it was funny. The first like 48 hours of which I love to call the legal tampering time, which is, it's one of the all time great uh, state uh, words in, in, in any sport, legal tampering. Um, as the top defensive guys went off the board, whether it's corners, safeties, you know, defensive linemen, I said the same thing as you. It's like, okay, down to the second level again. Like, they're going elsewhere. They're not getting these guys. And at this point, you know, you're right. Who could they add now that they'd be exponentially better? That's why I think you've hit spot on. I think a lot of the guys going into the offseason you thought they'd move or move on from are still going to be starting next year. Yeah. So just looking here at Pro Football Focus's top three agents. Anthony Harris is the best defensive player left. Uh, he was their number two safety. But then, like, okay. Levante David's gone. Shaq Barrett's gone. Like, most of the other names up here are gone. Uh, Marcus Williams and William Jackson are gone. Richard Sherman is the second best defensive ah. player. Well, that was a name mentioned often, though, right? In the offseason. Yeah. But, so, I'll, I'll give you this. The Talk third about legal best... tampering. The third best defensive player available in free agency, according to PFF right now, is Desmond King, a cornerback, and they only project him to make $5.8 million a year. So you you have very quickly gotten to a point where there's not many true difference makers left on the defensive side of the ball in free agency. So even if the plan is to spend more money on defense, it doesn't sound like they're going to land any big-time players on that side of the ball because there's... Simply not many of them left at this point. No, they're not out there, and I guess trades could happen. But you're right. If you're going specifically to who's on that list, I mean, Sherman is interesting only because, again, we've talked about him in the past. What would you pay him? Where is he at his age and his career? How much of an upgrade is he? That's the kind of one you and I talked about for several straight days, and then it kind of went quiet because 
I mean, he's still out there, obviously. So, you know, maybe he's not. This could be a guy that we've talked about that hit the market and it's not what he thought it was going to be. And so maybe they get him on the cheap. I'm not sure. But wouldn't you have thought by now there would have been some news on Richard Sherman either way? Yes. Yes. I, I mean, think you thought by now signed. someone would have signed Richard Sherman and that he's yeah. not signed lends me to believe he and his agent thought the market was going to be better. So, like I said, maybe the Raiders can, you know, bring him in at a low, at a low, lower number than people thought. All right, coming up next, Jason Fitz joins the show. We'll see if he has any idea what the Raiders are doing this offseason. Aaron Rodgers is unimpressed with him, but we aren't. It's time for our weekly visit with ESPN's Jason Fitz. Joining us now, Jason Fitz from ESPN. All right, Jason, what are the Raiders doing this offseason? Why is Rodney Hudson no longer a Raider? Uh, I, look, I, I you know I think I was texting one of my buddies yesterday that works for another national media outlet saying that sometimes the toughest part of being a Raiders fan is having to justify maddening things that aren't <laughs> happening on Sunday, and this is another one of those examples. Like, I, it's a true story here. I walked away from my home, my phone for all of five minutes yesterday, and uh, I walked back, and my producer for Spain and Fitz happens to be a massive Chiefs fan. And so he sent me a snarky text basically saying that my favorite team had lost their minds because of Rodney Hudson. I hadn't even seen the news. I thought he was joking. I thought he was trolling me. And then I looked it up. I mean, uh, there are there are times that you have to look around and say, what in the heck is everybody thinking? And I can't make this make sense. I've had so many people ask me on Twitter. I've, I've had Raiders fans texting me. I, I don't understand why you would possibly take one of the strengths of this team and turn it into a weakness that now needs to be addressed, especially when you have a quarterback that everybody knows I like, but he's a quarterback that is skittish when he has a lot of pressure, especially at his feet and his legs. So now what you've done is you've taken his security blanket and you've taken it away. So you've lessened your quarterback, you've made your your strength a weakness, and by the way, you still have to address the defense, which wasn't good enough last year with the resources you have left. So the Raiders, to me, took a big step back yesterday until we see otherwise. I mean, there's absolutely no proof of concept to whatever they're trying to do. So, and that's a good point in terms of until we see otherwise. We talked about it all morning. Uh, Lincoln Kennedy, you know, tweeted yesterday, there's a plan. So as someone who follows the Raiders as you do, what would you say right now? What do you want the plan to be to where then you could say, okay, I got why you did that? Uh, honestly, I, there isn't. There isn't a plan that will make me understand it. Uh, I know what everybody's going to say is that he's high on James coming in as a center, which is great. That uh, you know, I'd love for him to to develop. I you know, I I think we were all high uh, on Simpson coming out right, like as a future possibility. So maybe the plan is that those two young players are going to get reps and they're going to take less resources to the offensive line, which had some issues last year with health. But the fact is, there is not a a guy left that right now they could spend money on that makes the offensive line so much better that will calm everybody down on why they didn't spend that money on the defensive side of the ball. So, And then what's the other part of the plan? To sit at 18 and see if the best offensive lineman available at 18, that's, that's fine. Do you want to tell me that in front of Carr you're going to put three young guys that have never really played a lot of snaps in the NFL? Like, I don't love any of that. So, you know, I, I, I just can't. Yeah, I, I can't find a plan. There isn't a plan that will make me feel good about Rodney Hudson being on end. You know, the, the biggest part of this, I, when you look at some of the people you really respect, like I, I love uh, Mina Kimes to death. You guys know that. 
there's a lot of NFL analysts that I work with at Bristol that I think do a lot of homework and actually look at Raiders film. Every single person that I text yesterday to say, okay, walk me off the ledge, make this make sense. Every single person came back and said, this can't make sense. And it doesn't make sense. So <laughs> I, I just can't, there, there's nothing. I got, I got nothing. I'm a beacon of light. Usually in the off season, I got nothing. You were desperate. You were just looking for somebody to take you off the cliff and you couldn't <laughs> find a single person. <laughs> oh, dude, well, I, I won't, I won't throw him under the bus, you know, but I, I text my, my buddies. It, it's, he's got a good platform nationally. And I said, man, just walk me through this. Make this make sense because it is tough to be a, a Raiders fan. And his response was, of course it makes sense because your team sucks. And that was it. And I'm like, that's, just, that's where we are. You know, and, and obviously, you know, I think it's funny because I've been telling people over the, the course of the last 72 hours before that, that the moment yesterday, I've been telling fans, look, this isn't a team that was 3-13. and 13. We're not coming off of Jamarcus Russell. Like, I think the fan base has been a little bit, over the top, and it's like, oh, my God, the sky is falling through free agency. I think the Yannick Ngakwe signing is not a good one. It's a great one. I love everything about that. So I was really positive on the team. I just, when you, when you turn around and you take that offensive line and you make Carr's job tougher, I just don't understand how that makes you more capable of beating Kansas City. They're, they're, they're farther away from Kansas City today than they were 48 hours ago. Um, what do you make of the – so we, we have the Mark Sanchez reporting that uh, Rodney Hudson sort of asked for this or kind of wanted out. We saw Gabe Jackson was kind of okay with being released by the Raiders. And we saw Trent Brown was more than happy to leave the Raiders. So what do you make of, like, Raiders players this offseason being happy to leave? Yeah, and that's a, that is a great question, by the way. And that's where you really got to look in the mirror. And for anybody that has said – you know, let's take Trent Brown and put him in a different situation. It, it obviously, I'll take Trent, Trent and I'll compartmentalize that and say, okay, sometimes players come places and it's just not a good fit. They don't love each other. That's one of the broken things about free agencies that you're basically signing blind with an organization. So I, I can take that one and, and put it off to the side. But when you start adding all of these pieces together, now for a, a organization, especially when you look at Coach Gruden and the way he has been selling for years, people want to come play for the Raiders. Okay. People may want to come play for the Raiders, but do people want to continue to play for the Raiders? And if the answer to that is no, then the coaching staff's got to take a long look in the mirror and say, are we creating the right culture day in and day out when, you know, when, when we're behind the scenes that players want to be a part of? And, and it just it really sticks with me talking to a couple of the Giants players over the course of the season. I asked about Joe Judge, and what was interesting to me, Logan Ryan said, look, Joe Judge is the type of guy that, I can sit down with and I can have a, a great conversation with, and we relate as men. Uh, outside of anything from football, I know that I have a good, strong, foundational relationship with Joe Judge, the human being, which is why Logan Ryan was anxious to re-sign with the Giants. That's real. And, and you know, I think what, what fans, we, and I include myself in this, we become so blind to the teams that we love and the allegiances we have. We say, who wouldn't want to do this? But for football players, it's business. So now you got to ask yourself, like anything else, do you want to do business? If, if you hate going to your day job every day and you can go get that same day job somewhere else at a place you like, you stay in, it's easy to recruit great, great talent in any company. It's hard to keep great talent in any company. And if people don't want to be a part of the Raiders, instead of looking at the players and throwing that at their feet, we as fans need to start looking at the team and asking for some accountability on what's being created culturally that they don't want to be a part of. 
I want to ask you this because uh, 10 minutes ago, you might have seen this pro football talk said the Bears offered three first round picks, a third and two starters for Russell Wilson were turned down. Uh, when you hear that three first rounders, a third and two starters, if they're saying no to that, and we don't know about Deshaun Watson yet, are either of those two guys being moved? I mean, if are Seattle moving this guy, if they would turn down that? No, Seattle's not moving Russ. And, and I, I, I will like put that line in the sand and say, hey, uh, we just need to accept that. I mean, the, the part of the Russ movement that, you know, A, you got to ask yourself when you got Pete Carroll, that's a 70 year old coach, what are you offering in those starters that's going to make that team continue to be where they are? Because Pete certainly doesn't want to start a rebuild. And B, what are you giving them that's so enticing they're willing to take, I think it's a $39 million dead cap hit? I mean, why would anybody want to do that organizationally? So, you know, this is Russ posturing to get what he wants, and I think he's going to get what he wants. He'll be back. The Deshaun one is more interesting, and I think that Terod Taylor yet signing yesterday by the Texans is the Texans telling Deshaun, hey, we're ready to play chicken. I don't think it's a replacement. I think they're going to sit back and say, you know what? You, you don't get to go anywhere. And so now we're going to have this game of chicken that, unfortunately for the team, I, I think they're, you know, the smart thing to me would be move him if they're going to move him before the draft so they can get as much immediate return as possible. But the more we look at it when you Houston's doing things and the way they're talking, I just feel like the Texans are ready to go into the regular season and really test if Deshaun will sit out. And, you know, that in that sense, I can't really blame them. I mean, at some point, if you're a team with your quarterback and you thought you had the toughest position in all the sports handled, what can somebody offer you? And that's where, you know, I think Orlovsky yesterday said, if, if, uh, if you're the Bears, you never hang up the phone. Well, that's just flawed logic. I mean, you can offer teams all day long, but that doesn't mean that there's anything you can offer that will equal a Deshaun an offer that will equal a Russ. And I think that's what we're seeing right now is a little reminder that it takes two to tango on a trade. Jason, you tweeted yesterday that you picked a bad month to give up snacks and alcohol. Can I ask why you decided to give up both snacks and alcohol? Yeah, because I don't do anything in moderation. Like Moderation is my <laughs> F word. I don't really know it. I don't know how to give it. So uh, I, I've realized it. And everybody's like, why don't you – That my favorite comment, whenever you put on a little weight, you know, like I, I'm a little guy. So – I just like to be as lean as possible. I'm doing the NFL draft for a digital broadcast. So it'll look good for the draft, right? So I decided I'm going to get myself back in pre-2020 quarantine slump shape, right? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to give everything up, and I'm going to go whole hog. And what I love is everybody says, hey, why don't you just do things in moderation? To which I say, look, if I understood moderation, I wouldn't look the way I do right now. So <laughs> like, you've got to go the opposite way and sacrifice. So I gave up, you know, uh, starting March 1st, I, I went to completely 100% clean eating, and drinking nothing but water. I even gave up coffee. So, you know, like, there's just nothing in my body other than as, as much clean protein and smart carbs as possible and water. And then all this happened. So, you know, yesterday was one of those days where <laughs> I had to shake. I just needed a bag of Cheetos, an entire cake, and like a fifth of something. What, the Raiders the are going to make you break? Yes. <laughs> I, it wouldn't be the first time. I mean, like Sundays are sort of a regular experiment in that. Come on. I mean, we're used to it. What's uh What's the toughest thing to give up on all those lists? Uh, yeah, for me, it's always always will be uh, sweets or like like I I am one of those rare people that if you told me that all I could eat for the rest of my life is an entire cake every day, I would be totally <laughs> good with that. Like I, I I don't I really don't what like I don't need rare like chips. I don't need pretzels. I just need I need I need cake. All of the cake that you could possibly give me, especially if it has cream cheese icing. Oh my god! Like it, that's just yeah. Uh, there was a, a spot where it was not, it's not uncommon for me 
to, to eat. You know, I grew up with my dad. He would always go get a dozen donuts for the Raiders games on Sundays. So uh, in my entire life, for many, many years, I would eat a dozen double chocolate Dunkin' Donuts every Sunday while I watched the Raiders games. So, you know, giving up sweets is, is difficult. Kicking diet soda for me a couple of years ago was the toughest thing I've ever given up, but I'm now a couple of years without any soda. So I think I'm past the, uh, past the mark on that, but man, I could, I sweets all day. Oh. So have you ever gone to a grocery store and bought an entire cake and eaten it yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's, that's, uh, you know, not, I'm, I'm a big, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little guy, but I am a massive, massive eater. So voodoo donuts, you guys uh, are familiar with there, but when, uh, sure. When Voodoo was only in Portland and we were on tour, we stopped at Portland. And so the, the challenge was, guys, was how many Voodoo donuts could I eat in a sitting before I was just, like, done with donuts? Not that I didn't feel good. I was just done with donuts. So they went and they got two, uh, two six boxes, right? so 12 of them. I think I had eight or nine before, like, of the huge Voodoos before I was like, man, I, like, I think I need something else. I'm just tired of eating this. So there's a little pizza shop. corner got two slices. Then I went back and finished the rest of the donuts. Like, I... For a 165-pound guy, I can pound down some food. Whew. Man, that's that's a big list. 165, good for you that you can do all that. What metabolism do you have? My goodness. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very, very lucky there. But, you know, I, but the, there is this spot where every time I go to the doctor, I'm like, let's see if my cholesterol is as fooled as people are by what I eat. So, you know, that's why, that's why. You know, grilled chicken and veggies. Yay! That's where I am now for the next couple of months. Well, he is Jason Fitz. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Fitz. And, uh, yeah, help him out. Console him about the Raiders. Or just tell him that they suck and make him feel bad. Send him Either way. Of cake. Yeah, or that. Send him pictures yeah. of cake because he can't eat it right now. Some, uh, somebody have cake and shots in my honor. That's what we need to do. It doesn't matter how early it is. Oh, I'm on it. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. I'm doing that anyway. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> cake and shots in his honor that's like a that's a tuesday that's entire a tuesday. cakes yeah Man. yeah you go you go buy the whole cake him. at the grocery store and then go Jeez. eat it go eat it yourself if you love cake enough so yeah all right um i was out yesterday did our shark win uh yeah he yeah, won of sure course he won. yeah of course he won he, won. he, 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 took, he took man city Okay, he did win, like he did, like he said he was. All right, coming up next, our Sharp is back, and hopefully he's still rolling with soccer. It's time to find the Sharp, brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, Nate is back. Nate has gotten five in a row, all by picking soccer. Uh, Nate, I assume you're sticking with soccer today. You would assume correct. We're going UEFA, Bayern over Lazio. <laughs> okay. I am not going to correct your, correct your pronunciation. That is how yeah. both of those are pronounced. No doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow we're going basketball, though. I'm sorry. Oh, you're going to ruin it. You're going to ruin it. All right. Thanks, I Nate. Know. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Do either of you have any idea of what teams he just picked? Not a clue. <laughs> it should I'm not be. sure Ed's here. It should... Is Ed not here? I assume once he heard soccer, he did the thing where he's like, uh-huh. Uh, it should have been pronounced Bayern and Lazio, but I think we got uh, Bayern, the um, 
like Advil substitute and uh, Lizzo are the two teams that are playing. According, well, uh, to Hey, I will support Lizzo in anything she does. So <laughs> you know what? I may go the opposite side on this. Is, is Ed really not here? Uh, he's either breaking news as we speak, or he's muted himself and doesn't realize it, which is honestly, we only have like four minutes left. So, you know, we can bring back technically correct for one segment. <laughs> you want to, you want oh, no, to, well, I'm a little concerned if Ed's not here, we still have another hour to do after this four minutes. Oh no. He normally figures out that he's, he's muted, you know, by the next segment. I mean, normally he figures it out by now, and we just hear, hello? I'm a little <laughs> okay, concerned. No, I, was giving him, I was giving him some time. Uh, I should check my phone, see if he's, like, texting me or anything. Okay, you check You check your phone. I'll try to do the rest of the show here. <laughs> nope, we got nothing. Nothing from him. Okay. Uh, all right, so... Uh, well, let's talk about soccer anyways, because the United States... They got a they got a big win in the soccer world. Yeah, well, two days ago, you guys probably didn't talk about it. Yesterday, Eunice Musa has picked the United States. So he's an 18 year old that plays in La Liga for Valencia. But the reason it's a big deal is because he has dual citizenship or or quad citizenship because he was eligible to play for four different countries. He could have chosen to play for Italy. He could have chosen to play for Ghana. And he could have chosen to play for England. He was eligible for all of those national teams, plus the United States national team. But he picked the United States over all three of those countries. And so the United States has another talented young player that's playing in Europe on their roster. And this is all that it leads up to is the United States. They're going to win the World Cup in 2026. I think we got Ed back. Ed's back. Ed, where'd you go? You know what the weird part is on that? I didn't even mute myself, but I hadn't thought I muted myself, so I just turned down my volume. (laughs) Perfect. So, and I didn't realize it because my mute thing wasn't on, so I'm yelling, I'm back, I'm back, and no one said anything, so... It's the wonders of doing. It's the wonders of doing radio from home. It's just it's we're I'm I, it's it's a learning process each day, and I hope it never ends. I I hope it ends. I I hope as soon as you get a second shot of Moderna, it ends. Well, no, I I'm Pfizer. Come on. Oh, okay, sorry. I, I I hope the second you get a second shot of Pfizer, you and I are at least in the studio well, together. And it's weird because I saw Tyler's levels going up, and I said, "Man, eight fifty six. Jared's bringing us back late." <laughs> well our sharp picked uh bayern munich to win today well, uh, why well, wouldn't he why wouldn't he yeah the actually starting he picked uh bayern and oh. uh mispronounced their name as well as the team they're playing but he picked bayern okay. munich today um if he wins today he'll be up to uh six six straight wow. wins our longest streak all time and find the sharp is eight uh, by Ron. We did have somebody get to seven. Chris got to seven back in November. Those are the two longest streaks. So if he wins today, he'll be up to six. Although he said he is going to ruin his uh, sweet soccer picks by going to college basketball tomorrow. Oh, so he is playing yeah. with fire now. Oh, no. He is. Once, once Bayern Munich wins today and then he goes to basketball tomorrow, I'm afraid the streak wow. might be over and he might come yeah. up short. Like Man City got him through, so we're happy about that. 
Man City got him. We're happy about that. Jesus. Yes, Man City is through in our bet. I would have told him that if my volume was working. Our, our Champions League bet, you do have Man City advancing. Bayern Munich plays today. They should be advancing as well. And we'll have two teams in the final eight as oh. Jared's teams continue to get cut down <laughs> yes, as he, he has the field <laughs> against Bayern Munich and Man City. So, yeah. Good luck, Jared. This is going to be funny when Jared doesn't win. Because I know Jared's been counting on this free lunch since he got the entire Absolutely. field in the Champions Absolutely. League. Absolutely. He's been counting on it's it, so it's going to be funny. own stimulus package. It's actually, Ed, it's actually <laughs> going to be hilarious when Man City and Bayern Munich play in the final, and, and Jared doesn't even have a chance to win. That's, that, oh, that would not, that would be good. And then we'll just sit there and, and discuss whoever wins what we're going to make Jared pay for lunch. Well, Jared's not buying lunch. That's the whole part of this. He doesn't have to pay for anything. 